Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies, ATRA, Sustainable Agriculture Program, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, I'm Heather Lingle with NCAT. Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, Al Kirky, Agriculture Specialist at NCAT's Rocky Mountain West Regional Office in Butte, Montana, has a conversation with Rachel Jones, Executive Director of Farm to School of Park County. With a USDA Farm to School grant, Rachel turned one of the school's greenhouses into an aquaponics laboratory. Middle and high school students of Park County now raise trout and vegetables for food for their schools. In this episode, you'll hear about the challenges and triumphs using an aquaponics system in a school setting. Let's listen. Hello, I'm Al Kirky, Food and Ag Program Specialist with ATRA. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Rachel Jones, Executive Director for the Farm to School Program of Park County in Livingston, Montana. We're going to learn more about the school's aquaponics systems, how they work, what type of fish and vegetables are raised in these systems, and some useful resources on this topic. Rachel, from what I know about the program, it sounds like kids from middle school through high school can learn about fish farming and raising vegetables in an aquaponic system. Tell us a little bit about your organizations and what the schools have been doing. When did you start this, and why did you start it? Sure, hi Al. Um, Farm School of Park County started in Livingston in, uh, in Park County about 10 years ago in uh-huh. 2008. And at that time, uh, there was a group of community members who wanted to see Farm to School type activities happening in their classrooms. In 2013, there was a USDA Farm to School grant that was um, granted to the to the Livingston School Districts, and that hundred thousand uh, dollars was used to create a base for the farm to school programming that we currently have. Part of that funding went towards a aquaponics renovation of the middle school greenhouse, and mm-hmm. that was really the beginning of the aquaponics. Um, programming in, in our in our community. Um, in 2016, we expanded that uh, aquaponics uh, laboratory, as it's called at the middle school, the Sleeping Giant Middle School in Livingston. We expanded it into the high school and grew that uh, that curriculum into um, the the traditionally the the uh, FFA, the Future Farmers of America greenhouse at Park High. Mm-hmm. So the new name of that greenhouse is the um, Plant Growth Center. And Mm -hmm. a large component of that greenhouse is an aquaponics um, classroom, per se, outside of the the central kitchen for the school district and and adjacent to the SSA classrooms as well. Mm -hmm. I understand one of the lessons learned by the students here at Park County and Livingston School District is that trout do not fare well in warmer months, even with a good water recirculating system. What fish fish species did you replace them with? Oh, sure. So our high school is 
located just a stone's throw away from the Yellowstone River. Mm-hmm. And in honor of, of our um, agricultural traditions and also of our, of our uh, placement here in Montana, we, we wanted to bring some, um, some native species into our, into our systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, the trout, the trout are there only seasonally, but um, year-round residents in our tanks are goldfish uh, and koi, actually, so some, some Asian carp um, mm-hmm. varieties. Hmm. Is there a time of year when you can uh, introduce trout back into the aquaponic system? Like, and if so, when do you put them in, and when do you take them out, um, sure, knowing that it's going to get too warm for them? Okay. Yeah. Um, the trout. The trout are uh, cold water species. Uh, fish, mm-hmm. of course. Um, hence, they can survive our Montana winters. The uh, fish, wildlife, and parks department um, in Montana has partnered with us on this project and there is a fish hatchery in Big Timber which is about an hour from Livingston, east of Livingston. We uh, work with those folks throughout the school year to procure some fingerling trout, some small trout every year and and they bring them over. Uh, We have a a small ceremony with our students and then we um, we enter them into the tank generally in October or so, and then those fish, those trout, grow in the tanks. We monitor their growth with students, and uh, we compare that data um, to the Fish Wildlife Park um, data for for their growing fish, and um, and then they're harvested in the springtime, usually around May. Um, okay. Before that, before the the tanks inside of the greenhouse, before that water temperature gets too hot. Mhm. Mhm. How many fish, whether they're trout or Asian carp, um, how many are in the the system at any given point? At any given time. Right. That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's funny. That's a a, a good question <laughs> because just the other day I was in the greenhouse with a student intern, and we saw we we shouldn't have any trout in the system right now, but it looks like we might have missed one, and it had gotten quite large. Um, <laughs> so we do wow. have some rainbows in there right now that it has survived the the hot summers um, uh, unexpectedly. Um, but in general, uh, we have about fifty trout, uh, while mm-hmm. we have the trout in the system, and then I would say about the same number of goldfish that are in the system year-round. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The recirculating water is a very important part of uh, how for these whole aquaponic system. Using park, uh, the Park High School's aquaponics as an example, how much water is in that system? Like, how big of a holding tank do you have for those 50 to 100 fish that are in there at any given time? The tank is a 420-gallon tank at the plant growth center. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, do, what's the maximum allowable water temperature? What do you have to keep the water at to keep the uh, for the fish to thrive? Is it? What's that number? And I'm and how close right. do you have to monitor it? Right. So. Temperature is a key parameter in aquaponics. 
Um, and as you know, there are three main players in aquaponics. There's the plants, the fish, and the bacteria. Yes. Um, water temperature influences all affects all components and all aspects of the aquaponics system. So it's it's a it's something that we monitor very closely. Overall, uh, a general compromise range is 68 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our system tends to, to be a little on the higher, not, not too high, not as we work to get up to 86, I'm afraid we would probably lose some of our fish. Um, but but we, we try to keep it as low as possible when the, when the trout are in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen it get up to maybe the low 80s. Oh, yeah, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to control the temperature, do you add more cold water to the system or shade the tanks or uh, what, what sort of allows you to, um, uh, if you realize the temperatures are getting too high, what's, what's your remedial action, so to speak? Sure. More, you know, the more, the more, the most difficulty we have in the greenhouse temperature-wise is cooling. Uh, we do have radiant floor heat in, in, in both greenhouses at the plant growth center. Um, that 420-gallon tank acts as, as a considerable uh, heat sink. So if the temperature was to get up to, too high, I'm afraid it would be pretty difficult to, to lower that temperature. We don't add any cold water. In fact, we try not to add any or need to add any water into the system um, at all um, unless there maybe is a leak or, or a slow drip somewhere. Um, yeah. On occasion, we do add water, but um, we try not to upset the, the chemical balance of the water often with addition of new water. Um, Really, airflow uh, can help the most. We also shade the tank with um, basic shade sails that are mounted above the tank to keep the the water cooler. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So on very hot days, uh, that that is a risk for us. And and that you know the the carp are are very very sturdy fish. They're they're not um, affected negatively by those hot temperatures, and they just tend to settle down in the bottom of the tank in the shade. Um, the, the trout, um, you know, we, we get a, um, a little uh, concerned with spring temperatures that are getting too warm, uh, and then that, and then we do harvest those fish, um, you know, as soon as possible in the spring when temperatures start getting higher. I see. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of harvesting fish, uh, are the fish raised there served on the school lunch menu? The fish are raised as a demonstration of how to raise fish, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we haven't served them on the school menu yet. Uh, th- that would be a, a, a long-term goal for our organization, to have a high-yield aquaponics greenhouse uh, where we would have multiple tanks of, of edible and harvestable fish. Um, but for now, we're really working out some of the details of how we can grow the fish with student participa- participation as much as possible. Um, so far, we've been inviting chefs in, area chefs from Park County, um, who have helped us uh, prepare the fish um, with students, of course. And then we have um, a small feast with uh, up to about 60 students or so at a time, um, 
it's been a lot of fun, and the students have um, so much pride for for the product once we um, once we all sit down to enjoy it. Great. So there's sort of a celebration built around this whole learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, th- there's also vegetables being raised using the natural fish effluent. Um, mm-hmm. What sort of vegetables are raised at the uh, at the plant growth center and at the um, Oh, I assume they're also at Sleeping Giant. If not, correct me. Mm-hmm. And then what becomes mm-hmm. of those vegetables? Sure. Everything that we grow in all the school gardens and all of the greenhouses that Farm to School manages, uh, all of those vegetables are, are moved into the school meal program. And if they're not, mm-hmm. for, for some, you know, in some cases, if we have an overabundance of, of something, there, there are times where we will sell the produce to some of our community partners. For example, I just sold um, several pounds of fresh basil to the Livingston Healthcare, our, our local hospital. Oh, yeah, um, right. But, but all of the food is intended to be used in the school meal program. Mm-hmm. We grow uh, hot crops in the summertime, so right now the greenhouse is bursting with life uh, with cucumbers. We harvested 55 pounds of cucumbers a couple of days ago, and they're still coming on. Um, we've wow. got lots of heirloom tomatoes that are, in fact, growing through the ceiling rafters. Um, in the aquaponics station, we've got um, a basil house. So uh, mm-hmm. imagine basil growing up uh, vertically throughout the entire space. Um, it, it's, it's quite a sight to see. I and bet. then in the wintertime, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then in the wintertime, we grow all kinds of cool weather crops, too. So the entire space is productive year-round. By the time the the fish are harvested in the springtime, we're um, always trying to balance out that biomass um, extraction from the system. And uh, usually we have lots of heads of lettuce and various herbs and Swiss chard. Um, that that pair nicely with the trout for a meal. Uh-huh. Great. Are there any problems that you've had to overcome to make this these systems work uh, beyond selecting certain fish species for certain times of year? Is there anything else that you mm-hmm. said, "Oh my goodness gracious! If we don't figure this out, we're going to have a train wreck." <laughs> any any anything else? Uh, uh, sure. You know, I like to say. So I have a background of uh, of growing. I, I'm a horticulturist, and I've been growing food in Park County for about 15 years now. Um, and I like to say that these educational greenhouses and gardens, that they're very problem-rich environments that are, are very ripe for, for lots of uh, lots of problem-solving and critical thinking, just great learning opportunities for everybody involved, um, including myself. Um, aquaponics has been new to me, so I have been learning about it along with the students since about 2016. Uh, I, I definitely have fallen in love with it. In fact, I've fallen in love with how little we have to water. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's there's little challenges to overcome all the time, Al. Um, you know, sometimes, oh, uh, one that came up last weekend, uh, you know, some, sometimes the fish randomly jump. And um, and so we'll find a, a fish that has, um, you know, died. Uh, that happens. Um, or sometimes we're we're noticing lots of pests 
that are more uh, prevalent in the aquaponics system, uh, aphids seem to be pretty happy there. So we've been finding some um, new uh, healthy ways to, to battle those, those insects. Mm-hmm. Um, we found that um, nutrients, uh, availability of the of of the system really depends on the pH. So we were monitoring the pH pretty closely to make sure that that the nitrogen that is um, that is being produced in the system is um, is able to be taken up by those plants. Um, you know, and then there's also just uh, quirky um, um, challenges that we that we face all the time, like Sometimes there's drips that eventually extract enough water out of the system that that the pumps um, are are pumping dry, or you know, just there's oh. all kinds of things that happen. Um, <laughs> it, it, we really do learn a lot um, constantly. It's, it's a it's a really fun uh, project to monitor. Students learn a tremendous amount. We're we're all learning together. Yeah. Well, given mm-hmm. both those challenges and the the successes that uh, you've had, is there any particular advice you'd have for people if they are thinking of setting up a small aquaponic system similar similar to what your schools have? I mean, if you could hit rewind and do it all over again, or you would be advising somebody on this, what would what would you be telling them? Good question. Um, I think I would tell them uh, to to just keep experimenting and trying, and um, and really to keep at it. Um, in my experience, you know, through every small mistake that I've made or every um, every mishap that we've had, I tend to learn more, and then I come out of it as a more confident uh, aquaponic grower. Mhm. Mhm. So stay at it and, and learn from your mistakes. Right, just definitely stay at it and not be intimidated by the the chemistry of it or the science of it. Because once you have a basic, uh, you know, a flow of a system, and when, once it it really gets going, um, it's it's quite a joy to monitor and watch flourish. They're they're really not as they they don't have to be as over. Uh, over intellectualized uh, as some people may may like to 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 believe yeah well well stated well Rachel, thanks for your time today. Where can people learn more about and and follow the Livingston schools aquaponics learning lab and the plant growth center where um, oh, where can we steer them? Um, yeah well we have a website uh w dot s two s p c dot com we also have a very robust uh facebook page it's farm to school of park county and we're also on instagram um we have a lot of activity going on in livingston and in park county around our farm to school programming um we just landed a new one hundred thousand dollar u s d a grant this year that we're pretty excited about so that will be based around expanding our procurement, our food, our local food procurement efforts throughout the valleys north and south of Livingston. Um, yes, I, I do encourage folks, uh, if they're interested in farm school activities or aquaponics specifically, um, to find us online and reach out if you have any questions. Great. Well, 
Well, thanks again. And uh, to all our listeners, th thanks for tuning in. To learn more about aquaponics and aquaculture, check out two ATRA publications. Uh, one's called Photovoltaic Systems in Aquaculture, which outlines how to help or how to set up solar-powered pumps for fish farms. And the other is Aquaponics, Multi-Trophic Systems for Sustainable Food Production. You can find them both at www.atra.ncat.org. That's A-T-T-R-A-N-C-A-T.org. Again, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Depending on the platform you're listening on, if you can, be sure to rate us and leave a review or comment. For more information on this topic, you can contact Al Kirky directly at akirky at ncat.org. That's A-K-U-R-K-I at N-C-A-T dot O-R-G. In the notes below, you'll find links to ATRA resources and publications related to aquaponics. Please call ATRA with any and all of your sustainable agriculture questions at 1-800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at ncat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at N-C-A-T Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farm planning to pest management, produce to livestock, and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, and other resources at ATRA's website at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.